Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Tuesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. If Anthony Davis only gets one game in the back-to-back, which game should he play? That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always going to be free. It's never going to be behind a paywall. And Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you can go hang out with 14,000 other Lakers fans, NBA fans. Talk about the team. Talk to us. We love to take your comments. We love to use them on the show. So thank you for all the support you're giving uh, that channel, which just keeps growing, and we really appreciate it. I want to let everybody know that today's episode is brought to you by the game t- by Game Time. Download the Game Time app and create an account. Use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Twenty dollars, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Game Time. Um, so, a couple of things that we want to get into. Obviously, Anthony Davis. This is the uh, the front end of the last back-to-back the Lakers play in the regular season tonight, Utah tomorrow um, against the Clippers back in Los Angeles. Um, and as we at least are recording late on Monday night, we have not gotten any word as to which one of these games he might play. So we'll do that, get to that in a second. Um, some of the decision-making, Andy, could be related to who plays. Uh, Utah is fading um, and they got a lot of dudes who are going to be on the sidelines for this game. Laurie Markinen, their star player, is questionable with a hand injury. He has missed more games than he has played over the last three or four. Uh, Walker Kessler, their outstanding rookie center, is done for the year. He is in the concussion protocol. Uh, Jordan Clarkson is not going to play. He hasn't played in weeks. Uh, Colin Sexton hasn't played in weeks. Uh, these guys are unlikely to see any more action the rest of the year, I think. Um Knowing that, you know, you can look at this two ways. The Clipper game is obviously the one that matters more than anything. Um, you know, that, that's the bigger one. Um, the flip side is the Utah game in some ways is almost more damaging. It's sort of like the Houston thing. Like when you lose team to teams that are terrible, um, it is the most winnable game. It is uh, the game that really looks worse losing. So if you could pick one, for him to play, which one would it be? Well, first of all, um, just to add a little bit of context and I guess uh, a bit of contradiction to what you had said before, we have gotten an indication at least which game AD is likely to play if there's only one because he is currently listed as probable for this Mm -hmm. game against Utah along with D'Angelo Russell. LeBron is questionable. At this point, I expect LeBron to be questionable for all of these games Unless there are signs of a setback, I don't worry about that at all. So they're already setting up for AD to be playing if in this game if there's a choice to be made at all. And for what it's worth, there may not be a choice to be made. Um, To the best of either of our knowledge, this has not been publicly confirmed that AD would play both ends of the back-to-back. But around mid-March, Chris Haynes on his This League on Cup podcast with Mark Stein 
said the following quote. I know Davis has received some flack for sitting out versus Houston, just with the stakes the Lakers are in, needing each game they can get in the latter stage of the regular season. But the way it was explained to me, Mark Stein, it, he's talking to Mark Stein, is just about how powerful the medical staffs are of today's NBA, how powerful they are today. I know a lot of players get criticized for load management, sitting out games, doing all that stuff, but the medical staff has a large part to play in it. So the way it was explained to me was AD had to pick which back-to-back to play in, the back-to-back most recently that they played in or the one that's coming up, April 4th in Utah, then April 5th versus the Clippers. How it was explained to me is AD will play in that back-to-back. So that would be his first back-to-back since returning from the injury. That would be the first back-to-back he's playing in. Hopefully, he doesn't suffer an injury before that, but if he's healthy, he'll play in the back-to-back, which they need that set of games at that part of the season more than the last set of the back-to-backs. Um, it should be noted, AD actually did have an injury, that uh, in-game ankle turn, but he managed to play through it. And for Right, should no negative impacts on Sunday against no. Houston. Um, that said, though, if you had to pick a game, and I think it is a no-brainer, you would play the Clippers. I don't even think there's an argument to be made that you would play Utah over the Clippers because – Against the Clippers, that is a full one-game swing and gives you the most direct possibilities of getting yourself into the playoff as opposed to the play-in. The Clippers have been vulnerable. They've lost four of their last seven. They're having tons of rotation decisions. Like Ty Lue has really had a difficult time landing on what he wants, and this is beyond Paul George's absence. Ironically, they've been losing during this period where Russ has been playing pretty well for the Clippers. Laker fans sometimes know how that goes. But, you know, they lost to the Pelicans recently in New Orleans. Big game for both of those teams. Kawhi Leonard had 40, and Westbrook, I think, had close to 30, and they still lost that game. So the Clippers are vulnerable. Brian, to the point you brought up about how it would be totally deflating to lose that game against Utah like it was uh, recently against Houston. My counter to that would be F that win the game. I mean, like really, I mean, that that's the counter. I am. I I put that out there because we, I I say this only because like we, you know, we, we talked when and context matters, you know, when, when, you know, you sort of think of these things three or four weeks ago, when we're going through the schedule, we're looking at their second half. It's like, you point to the games the Clippers are playing better. Uh, you know, the, you you start pointing to the games that are like, here are the ones that you know. It's 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 really critical you don't lose to the bad teams because you have to make it up against the good teams if you do. Um, and at the time, that made a lot of sense because you know at the time, especially you could lose a game to the Clippers, you could lose a game to the Suns, even if AD plays. Um, I think to your point, Utah at the time, especially you're, you're coming out of the break, you're after the trade deadline, still playing pretty decent ball, still have a, a fairly whole roster. Um, they are a much better coached team, I think, than um, than than uh, Houston. Than Houston, or at the very least, they are further along in their development. Um, you know, in terms of having stability and guys who are are deeper in their understanding. Uh, of the game a little more mature in that way. I, 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 it's not fair of me to say that, you know, Will Hardy is automatically a, a, a you know better coach than um you know than what they're getting in Houston. Not really what I mean, but 
even with sure that, just, how it sounded, Brian. Just the talent. I mean, I'm not the who is it? I, I, I'm blanking. Um, but um, you know, there, there have been some complaints from Rockets fans. Just saying, um, but that's not really the point. The point is this version of the Utah Jazz with probably no Markinen, uh, but definitely no Clarkson. Uh, Conley has been traded, um, and you know. Uh, you're no basically Kessler, Kessler is out. Possibly no Sexton. You know, Sexton is he's not. I'd be shocked if he played in this game. He hasn't played in a month. Um, and you know, you're looking at THT revenge game. Okay. Um, and a lot of dudes that you probably have not heard of unless you are a diehard NBA player or NBA fan. And so you ought to be able to win that game if Anthony Davis doesn't play. And you are correct. The Clippers are vulnerable, um, but they are better. And so if you can pick one, you should be able to win that game against Utah without Davis. Um, and you might need AD a little bit more for the game that is more important anyway. I completely agree with you. Which gives me hope, by the way, that AD being listed as probable for the Utah game because I can't imagine that the Lakers coaching staff and the front office don't see this the way you and I do because – Frankly, it's the most obvious way to see it. Mm-hmm. That gives me some hope that Haynes's report from mid-March is accurate. You know, like that it actually is what had been predetermined, you know, that this was always part of the plan. And it would also mirror what you and I have been trying to emphasize a lot during this period was that an active injury is a fluid situation which means they can't treat it as fully healed, meaning the back-to-backs were not a given, even if AD is on the court, and that has nothing to do with AD not wanting it bad enough or being soft. He's already said it's not a pain tolerance thing. It's a medical thing. But it being fluid means it could develop in a direction where the reigning Western Conference Player of the Week could potentially play in these back-to-backs, which would be huge for the Lakers. Yeah, it's it's one of these things where, you know, I we'll talk more about this coming out of the break. It's like I don't is it weird to me that he couldn't play in a back-to-back whatever it is like 8 days ago, but he can now medically? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I I but I don't understand. I don't know enough about the injury. I it's not been explained in ways that necessarily make a lot of sense. Um that would seem strange to me. Um, but I would trust the Lakers are not suddenly now that they are, and I will I'll, I'll bust out some math here in a second. I trust that they are not suddenly going to start playing fast and loose with Anthony Davis's injury now that it looks very much like at the very least they're going to be in the play in. So we'll talk about those things next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Game Time. And okay, years ago, some friends of mine and I, we wanted to go see LL Cool J in LA at the really last minute. Had no idea how to score tickets. So we ended up buying from a scalper. They were fake. And it was only through a totally random, totally lucky bit of serendipity that we were able to get into the show. But I vowed after that, never again. And buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. That's why I love game time the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports and music and comedy shows and theater near you they got killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee so you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun and it's easy to browse through the game time app for the upcoming 
events in LA, like, I don't know, maybe the NBA playoffs. Mm -hmm. And I love how they offer images of seat views. And that's key because there's nothing worse than a bad angle. They got the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and the game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That is confidence that they are giving you the best deal possible. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps. Tickets go directly to your phone and you are set. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app. Create an account and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Um, so here's some, here's some good math um, regarding the Lakers and their playoff hopes. Um, this from our friend Cranjus McBasketball, uh, Tim underscore NBA, the Lakers exceptionalism pod, um, really ought to be uh, somebody, if you're a Lakers fan and you don't know about uh, this, this content, he's a great follow and you should be doing it. Um, so this from the Basketball Index, uh, which is his site, I believe, correct, Andy? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's his, that's his thing. Uh, mm -hmm. The Lakers pl updated playoff odds based on their Western Conference forecast. Uh, missed the play-in entirely. Remember in the last segment I said the Lakers really look like they're going to make it into the play-in at the very least. The odds of them missing the play-in uh, with two games left against Utah uh, and the Phoenix game and the Clippers game, 4%. So 96% chance they're in the top 10 somewhere. Uh, 9 to 10 for the play-in, 25%. 7-8 for the play-in, 46.5%. And top six, 25% that could go up with a win tonight. So, you know, to, you know, to the point I was making going into the break, like this is the wrong time to suddenly get cavalier about Anthony Davis's uh, injury. So, you know, maybe he is, I mean, if the doctors say you can play in one that enough time has passed and he can, I, I won't claim to understand it, but I'll take it. And I will assume that they are being relatively careful. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they are being careful because there really is something to be playing for on, on the horizon. Also, again, the, the idea of this being described as active and, you know, look, the Lakers have been, I think, too cagey and too opaque for their own good and particularly for Anthony Davis's own good when it comes to fans understanding what's going on with, with AD's foot. But from the bits and pieces that they've put out or hearing AD talk about it, it, it has always sounded to me like it was determined that the foot had healed up well enough that he could play, but not to the point where they felt confident that he could play in back-to-backs. AD one time said that the foot needed 24 hours to between games basically to keep from flaring up. And it makes sense to me, even without understanding what's going on in any true medical sense. The idea that I'm sure AD is continuing to do treatment on this foot. I'm sure there's strengthening going on in part through playing that he could have reached a point now where they possibly feel confident with yeah. him. I mean, that must playing. be, that would be clearly that would be what is going on. Right. Assuming uh, if even he, look, if he plays maybe, in both, maybe he doesn't play in the right. Clipper game. If, if he doesn't, frankly, I think they made a, massive mistake but right i mean look, he's getting you know I, I was sort of thinking about this like 
is there like something with the extra day off? Like, does it make a difference if he gets, you know, would you want the extra day off going into Friday or would you want him to have an extra day off, you know, before Wednesday's game? Like, you know, it, uh, at this point he's played every other day enough right. times where you're like, I'm not sure why that would, I don't have to understand it. Um, all I would do is just take it as a really good sign that the Lakers are um, really coming together in more ways than one if he really is able to play in both of those games. Um, so, you know, I mentioned those odds of uh, of the Lakers making it in. Like, they're sitting, if you haven't looked at the standings today, nobody played on Monday because the the national title game. Um, the Lakers are going to start Tuesday's action a half game out of the fifth spot. So, you know, you take care of business during um, on on uh, on Tuesday. Tuesday, you know, now you are, you know, you have the same amount of wins as the Clippers and that game is essentially, you know, at the very least for the fifth of the sixth. Um, it's actually even gotten to the point, Andy, and I thought this was hysterical. There are people, you know, if you go to the Lockdown Lakers YouTube channel for Monday's show. Because we were talking about seating, we were talking about different scenarios and whatever. There are people actually officially talking about trying to 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 rig it so the Lakers get in the sixth spot. And in the sixth spot, you are probably going to avoid Phoenix. You stay out of the Denver half of the draw. Like it is, you know, you're going to end up on the Sacramento, Memphis, um, and then like I don't know whoever the seven is or something like that. Like that part of the draw. Um, and I'm not even. I'm not condoning or or condemning the the thought process here or which side you want to be on or not. Although avoiding KD and Booker and Denver probably seems smart if you can. Only that what I find hysterical about this is like the idea that five weeks ago, six weeks ago, Lakers fans would be trying to scheme their way into the best half of the main playoff draw. Like not like, oh my God, how amazing would it be if we get there? But like, let's let's see if we can get this done the right way. It, I mean, it's both funny, but it is also an incredible indicator of how rapidly things have turned around um, over the last few weeks. Yes, to to quote the poetess Alanis Morissette, isn't it ironic? <laughs> like, this is not the place where any of us expected to be, you know, a month or two ago i mean the the thought was after the trade deadline you i mean you and i before we even saw the team play we were very bullish about what rob palenka had managed to mm -hmm. do at the deadline we weren't sure there was enough runway to make it happen and then obviously once lebron was hurt and that you know that that really starts throwing at least theoretical wrenches in the works you know mobamba gets hurt like d'angelo russell's missed some games so right. i don't it becomes like it becomes like, hey, there's still a chance here, but right. like, it's you know, it's going to be tough to move. Like, let's do, if you can get in the top ten, given everything that it's now in your way, like that's good work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what 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 I've always said, and this I think has proven to be true, and I think may actually be the case uh, if the Lakers end up with a playoff position. Um, I'd always said they can't make the playoffs by definition without playing well. Just because even acknowledging that there have been some teams that have struggled more down the stretch, the Lakers just had too much ground to make up. It would have been impossible for them to back into the playoffs. You know, like that's not going to happen. And as it turns out, the Lakers managed to play really well despite 
a lot of obstacles being thrown their way, which again just speaks to how much better constructed this team is than it was in, say, early January or the start of the season. Basically, everything up until the trade deadline. Basically. Well, I mean, really, I starting with until that at least position, until the Hachimura trade. Yeah, right. I was going to say, with all of that acknowledged, um, don't get cute about this. Win your games and play whoever you end up playing. Don't oh, yeah. get there's you look there keep is, in mind like you, you you miss this plan by like one game like you know you screw up the, the let's 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 try to slide in the like six is better than five probably you know the way with the way it all plays out um but um you know you miss it by a game you're like 10th <laughs> you know yeah. it's like you might be 11th so be look, careful don't don't for, take the basketball gods while they've put a lot of injuries on the Lakers, um, they don't. It hasn't been perfect. Basketball gods have looked out for them over the course of the year. Like they've they've slowed down the rest of the conference to allow the Lakers to continue. To, like they're two games over five hundred. We're talking about them being a five seed. That is not yeah. normal. Um, yeah, and I, I guess also too, we've seen evidence that the basketball gods can be awfully spiteful to the Lakers when they've done whatever the hell pissed them off. I don't, right. know, I don't know what it was, but oh, yeah, they, they've but, been awfully well, angry at the Lakers for a it, while. It is, on balance, I think they've been cool. <laughs> it's oh, like, no. no. It's like, a perfect From like no? 1980 yeah. on, just aces. Right, but <laughs> I, even, I, I even mean this year. Like I think they've been on balance – pretty cool like every once in a while they remind you you know who's in charge here because that's what god mm. if i were a god i would do that too just you know every once you got to remind people who's in charge um they've been cool brian but they've had a lot of suffering along the way towards coolness they're like, you know it's, it's they're, they, it's, they have it's definitely not, sort of an old the, the basketball gods are a little more old testament this year than new i, I understand been a lot <laughs> Even if they've offered carrots, it's felt like there's been a hell of a lot more sticks until the last month and a half. They're more like whacking you with the carrot, I think is is sort of. And they may not be ripe. I'm not sure. Um, One more thing. We talked a lot about Rui Hachimura, um, obviously, after his fantastic game on uh, Sunday and a really good defensive effort on Friday that helped swing the game and noted um, the sort of the chemistry with LeBron James. And there was a really good piece, uh, a story at uh, Silver Screen and Roll that was put out by Alex Regla, who always does great work, and talking about D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves, some of the chemistry that they have together. Um, it got me thinking about um, another benefit of LeBron coming back, of D'Lo getting healthy, and all this stuff um, beyond just winning games this year. So I want to get into that next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by BetterHelp, and life does not unfortunately come with a user manual. And when it's not working for you, it is normal to feel stuck. Navigating life's challenges, whether you're talking about professional or emotional, can bring on anxiety or uncertainty. Whether you're talking about a career change, new relationship, becoming a parent, and I can speak with experience about how much therapy has helped me during a really difficult period in my life for me and my family and sitting down. And talking with a professional was a game changer. And BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, accessible anywhere, 100% online. There's no waiting room. There's no traffic. Plus, it's affordable. So just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new 
therapist anytime. That connection is really important. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Um, okay. So Alex writes in this story, uh, again, you go read it. It's filled with video clips. It's filled with all kinds of stuff that really shows kind of both what the Lakers are doing offensively, but really the ways that, um, D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves work together, the way the skill sets mesh, um, in this new starting lineup. And to me, there's a lot in here that reminded me of, um, what we were talking about on Monday with, LeBron and Rui. And it's not exactly the same thing because D'Angelo Russell is, you know, he's not, he's not a, what you would traditionally think of purely as a role player. Like he's a little better than that. I think, you know, he's, is in a higher category of that. Um, Austin Reeves, I think is a better player overall than Rui Hachimura. My yeah. opinion, other people might disagree. No, I agree. Um, but I think most people probably would uh, agree with me there. Um, LeBron is LeBron. Rui is, definitely a role player but what what really got me thinking is like you start to see these combinations and one of the the really important benefits of lebron for example coming back earlier than expected and the lakers getting an extra three or four games that they might not have otherwise gotten maybe even more than five six if lebron comes back in the last day of the season um whatever you know and d'angelo getting healthy enough to be able to play again is the Lakers need as much data for next year as they possibly could. Because when LeBron, for example, was out, Hachimura looked a lot less viable as somebody you might want to pay 8 to $12 million to keep around. The way he's played since LeBron's come back, the way you see the, you know, the plus minus of those two guys together and the combination that they put in the kind of what that lineup looks like and what other players you might put around it. Now Hachimura looks definitely like maybe somebody you would want to give $10 million to or 11. Like they needed that information. And if the Lakers had gone into the offseason without it, without seeing Reeves and Russell together, without seeing LeBron and Hachimura and these different, they, it would have hurt this year, but it really would have hurt next year too. Um, in ways that, you know, be sort of hard to, you know, a little out, maybe out of mind for right now, but I think are just critical. Yeah. I mean, in some respects, I guess it matter. I, I guess it depends on how confident are you in Rob Palinka's imagination and, you know, ability to see the full picture of a roster and the full value of guys that aren't stars. And, you know, being able to see some of this just, you know, in, in I don't know, theory as opposed to just purely in practice. Because uh -huh. I think it's pretty obvious that if you were given a choice between running back a roster that, if nothing else, makes sense on paper, even if you hadn't seen them all with LeBron, you would seen enough evidence of them playing well together without LeBron, which in some respects is even more impressive than playing with LeBron. Like maybe it's more trenchant. Right. No, I, I I think broadly that's true. And like right. I, I but, I, but I'm what, a, and I'm a person what who fans, thinks like, for example, they should bring Beasley back despite the fact he hasn't played well at all. No, sure. But the worry that I think you and I would have, and I think a lot of people who cover the Lakers would have, certainly a lot of fans would have, 
is that this organization would fall back on its star bleeper tendencies. And if they got word through back channels that Kyrie Irving was willing to take, I mean, I don't even know if it's below market value at this point because his, I've prefaced by saying, I don't think what is happening in Dallas is his fault because I don't think that's accurate. And based on hearing people who cover this team, whether you're talking about Nick Angstadt from Locked on Mavs or Tim McMahon covers the team for ESPN, like Kyrie has not, he's not been the problem. He just hasn't been the solution. And a lot of the problems go well beyond what you could do with Kyrie other than them being in some ways a byproduct of the trade. Trading right. They for gutted Kyrie. their defense and they right. gutted their depth. Right. But like Kyrie, like as much as I've been very, very open uh, with my thoughts of I would never give Kyrie a long-term deal because I simply don't find him reliable on a bunch of different fronts. I, I want to be fair. I have seen no indications that he is the problem in Dallas. Uh, the point being, though, I don't even know what his market value would be after all the turmoil that's happened in Brooklyn and then going to Dallas and s- clearly not looking like a panacea automatically. But the fear any Laker fan would have is that this organization would, at the end of the day, fall back on wanting stars and that maybe there would even be pressure from LeBron and AD, go get stars, particularly one that LeBron won a championship with right. seven years ago. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, but, I, but I would think, you know, even accepting that, that I don't think that they're going to go that direction, particularly just given how... You know the the it's not even the Kyrie thing, just the lessons of what's happened in Dallas apply to Lakers. Like it's like, again, you know, this they is what sure happens when you gut your depth. They it's not sure just about stars. Do. You would think, especially with role players. You know, LeBron coming back, for example, moves Vanderbilt to a slightly. You know, you you use Vanderbilt differently. Yeah. Because um, Vanderbilt is another guy whose effectiveness kind of waxed and waned a little bit depending on who. Like where he's put, he, like he he really has needed LeBron to be back to be slotted most effectively, one hundred percent. Yeah, and you know because like if you know as much as people like him, as much as people like you know his contributions, his energy, this uh, the actual impact. Yeah, you know, he has a, a lot of games. If you go back and look at the box score, where it's just like the the net ratings and the the um you know the the plus minus and all that, all a lot of shorthand or whatever is bad. Like you know, minus twenty, minus twenty four. Like so, it's like I mean, the, the without LeBron available, he he was not able to be utilized as a wing defender, which he's much better at, much more disruptive, and in a lot of ways, game affecting than having to defend as a power forward. We can get overpowered, right? But, but right, of course. But like the point of it is that you know, if you if you take when you have guys who are are role specific, the same player playing with the same attitude and the same energy around three different guys can look completely different. Yeah. You know, Troy Brown can look completely different depending on who he's playing with. Or, you know, you know, um, Reeves has kind of grown out of that a little bit, but there are other guys kind of up and down the roster when you get into these role guys and seeing them in, in together is really critical because you know, there are other guys who might not function as well with the the stars back. THT struggled 
with guys who took the ball out of his hands because he wasn't as good when he didn't have the ball. Well, he isn't going to have the ball as much with the Lakers. I mean, that's why even now with him putting up big numbers in Utah, the trade when they made it made a lot of sense because what the hell were they going to do with him? And so, you know, all I'm saying is like the Lakers are fortunate that, you know, what we're seeing now with an intact roster and, you know, this starting lineup that is, you know, 2-0, they're 3-0 with LeBron back and, you know, and all these things. Um, I'm sorry, 2-1 with LeBron back. They're going to benefit over these last four games, not just this year having the group together. It is really important data for next year. Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, even even having said that, I think in a lot of ways, just the pretty stark dichotomy of choices would would basically dictate that you bring back most of this roster, and then if you want to reconstruct it again or reconstruct parts of it, fine. Running it back allows you more options to actually do that if you're dissatisfied for whatever reason. You're correct. Information never hurts. And getting this sort of information, getting enthusiastic information based on what we've seen. I mean, I I can tell you now there are a lot of fans excited at the prospect of running this roster back as much as possible. I don't blame them. Yeah, there's still a lot of information that they're missing. And a 10 million bucks, you know, I'm sure they'd want to see it. But, you know, he's to me, he requires a little bit less imagination. And you already, I feel like, kind of know what he might be. So they just have to make a decision there. I'd bring him back, if nothing else, the $10 million salary slot. Uh, But anyway, all right, we'll see what happens after um, Tuesday night's game, whether the Lakers take care of business uh, against the Jazz. They really ought to. Uh, that is a depleted and fading jazz team, even on their own home floor. Uh, Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show. We'll see everybody after Tuesday's game.